Hello and welcome to another episode of A View from the Top. I'm Adrian Cropley. A View from the Top is a regular podcast from the Centre for Strategic Communication Excellence, where I interview some of the world's leading communication professionals as we explore their career journey. Today, I'm crossing the ditch. And to those listeners from Australia and New Zealand, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But sadly, I'm not crossing the ditch physically with COVID still interrupting our travel plans. I am so happy to be connecting with Louise Reed in Auckland, in New Zealand, who I know is a kindred spirit in the HR and internal communication space. And I've known her for a number of years. And I've had the pleasure of working with Louise and her team when she was the head of employee experience and employer brand at Fisher and Paykel Healthcare. Now, Louise has taken on a new role this year as a change manager for Auckland Transport. But reward and recognition, manager of recruitment, consulting, employee branding are all taglines of a very accomplished professional at the top of her game. Louise, welcome and thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Adrian. It's a pleasure. It's really great to be connecting with you, Gwen. I feel like we haven't connected forever. Luckily, we did get together, I think it was at the end of uh, 2019 when I was in Auckland. Yeah, and for a while there, I felt like you were part of the team. We were sort of chatting regularly and, yeah, unfortunately, not so much face-to-face recently. I know, but I did feel part of the family, and that's uh, that's that's due to you and your your leadership. And I tell you what, I've never seen a team that has been so um, connected before. You had such a positive atmosphere that you'd created within the team there, and I think it was the right people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think just that authenticity, and we're all in it together. And I think you know some of the sessions that we had. Um, with the team you know we were just honest weren't we and we just shared and explored things together and um yeah I think that's why it was such a a great team environment it's great so big big move this year you've moved out of uh Fisher and Paykel and into uh uh what was say this year has been a big change pardon the pun for you as you've moved into change (laughs) management with ET uh Auckland Trends well I'd been with FMP for 10 years and look they're in my blood. They still are. Um, I'd grown with the company over over that 10-year period, built internal comms there from scratch. And so I could have stayed there for the rest of my life. But I think you, you have those um, moments in life where you think, you know, you're ready for something new. It's time to sort of shake it up a little bit. And I had one of those. And it was a very hard decision to leave, but I felt like it was the right time. I'd achieved so much there and it was just time for something new. Yeah, sometimes I think we get to that stage where we go, okay, it is it is time, and it's not that we fall out of love with the organisation that we're in or that we've no longer got motivating work, but I think it's part of our need for development and, and, and change in our life to do something different. Yeah, and, I mean, some of my team members I'd managed for the whole time I was there and you know, they're like family to me. Um, but I felt that they were ready for a change as well. Like it was kind of a changing of the guards moment where I was ready for something new. There was some other changes going on that they could sort of capitalise on. And I thought, you know, sometimes you have to move out of the way to let the new sort of growth happen. And I just, it all round felt like the right decision for me. 
I can't agree with you more. I think sometimes we, we do realise that it is about growth, growth of others. And I think that's what makes us good leaders and managers when we identify, you know, when is it time for me to uh, to move on and let others uh, flourish, take on new roles and, and shape mm. up a little bit. I've, you know, I've, over the years, I've worked with a lot of stagnated organisations and it's just there hasn't been enough change within mm. the team. To do it, um, yeah. I'm going to try not to mention the word change too much because that's <laughs> so. What's what's a new role all about? Well, um, I wanted to change the environment, and I've definitely got that. Um, it's chalk and cheese um, comparatively to F and P. Um, so yeah, I'm working for Auckland Transport. Um, it's a public sector organisation, obviously. Um, it's part of the, the wider Auckland Council group. Um, political environment, which I've never been involved in before, so um, I'm just learning so much. Um, and it's quite a pivotal moment for Auckland. There's been the biggest investment in transport in Auckland's history, $31.8 billion, um, around about. Um, so... Yeah, they've got some big projects to deliver. And as we all know, you need the right the right people on board. So I'm in the culture and transformation team. And I'm wearing two hats. I'm I'm a change manager, um, but with a very much a people focus, as change normally is. Um, and I've also been asked, um, because their head of internal comms was going on parental leave, so it was timely, and they said, can you come in and, sh- and, and have a review of, how we're currently doing things so it's kind of changed and comms but in a completely different environment to where I've come from so it's it's amazing it's it's definitely given me the learning that I was after <laughs> that is that is all it sounds like uh, it almost sounds like you've stepped in there and started creating this <laughs> this role I think there's circumstances that have happened but it's it's almost like there's the natural fit for you going into that organization and at this time I always always say things happen for a reason and and a, and a time and I think that certainly happened for you by the sounds of it yeah absolutely um and it's made me appreciate what I learned at F&P as well so I think sometimes you can you know I don't know if the right words be you know institutionalized but you get so familiar with your environment that you're working in especially you know given I'd been there for 10 years but now I'm working somewhere different and and look they've got things that I wish I had at F&P the pace is faster um there's there's a lot going on which I'm I'm loving but what I'm bringing to the table is the analytical precise approach that F&P is so great at um and I always knew that 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 was their strength but now I'm being able to use that in a place that's you know could improve in that area is just um awesome that, that's fantastic. And I, I have to say, on, on observation, I'm going in in COVID years, you've gone from a healthcare organisation that produces the equipment um, and, and into a transport organisation, which is probably one of the most affected when it comes to, to COVID and people moving and distance and, and, you know, all of those things. How have you found the challenges of the last two years? I mean, your job must have been just insane in 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 healthcare at the end of uh, or during 2020 and and this year 
Yeah, and I'd I'd sort of been through a process of self-discovery before COVID hit. Um, I did some career coaching and I really wanted to get crystal clear on what was next for me. And I, I went through that process and I'd made the decision that, you know, a change of environment was the right thing for me. And then COVID hit. And in my in my team, internal comms is one area I looked after, but I also looked after talent acquisition and employer branding. So we moved to 24-7 manufacturing because our products at FMP treated COVID. So you can imagine we, we had to hire thousands of people um, to run the manufacturing facility. So recruitment went nuts and people were working off-site, which was very unfamiliar territory to us because we're very much a campus feel at FMP. And so um, we had to connect with people that were working in all different locations. So internal comms was thrown into the limelight as well. So it was very busy. I had the whole legal team um, drafted into the internal comms side um, and we were just flying by the seat of our pants. There wasn't any luxury of, you know, sophisticated communication planning. We were literally planning as we were walking down the hallway to a live stream event, you know, that was just, um, but I think, your intuition and your experience comes into play in those situations. Um, again, you don't realise that you sometimes got the depth that you have until you're in those scenarios. It, it, it's funny because I've, I've often said to, and I, I saw this for myself too, is that COVID was the com- internal communicator's time to thrive because mm-hmm. it, it, you're thrown into it and you kind of go, you muster everything that you've got and go, right, we need to act, we need to act now, we need to do all of these things, and you just make it happen. Um, I, I always say we, we thrive in a good crisis. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, when you talk about authenticity, which I know is a bit of a buzzword, but I'm very big on um in a crisis there's no sort of room for personal agendas or um, airs and graces I think you see people at their rawest um and I think there is something special in that that you know you kind of all band together it's not about perfection it's about what's important um and you know I have to say there's probably more authenticity in our and our cons because they weren't overthought. They weren't, you know, sort of overformulated. It was just um, we need to connect with people, and that was at the heart of it. That was the main priority. It was it was real care, I think, over this last uh, well, this last eighteen months and going on for for two years. There's real care that people just want to take people on a journey through COVID and feel supported. And I think this mm. is where comms has been able to to thrive in that environment yeah yeah absolutely so what I'd like to to do is because I I want to hear some of you know your your thoughts for the future and where comms is going but I'm going to take us all the way back I'm not making that sound like it's a long way Louise um <laughs> where, did, where did it all start for you where, like did you know that you wanted to be in this this role as you were studying in school what, what was the what was the journey you went on I think I took a non-traditional path so my personality is I'm quite results orientated and I like to sort of throw myself in the deep end so I actually left school when I was 16 I didn't have a plan the only plan I had was that I wanted to travel overseas so you know I started um, in the legal industry when I was when I was 17 doing sort of office junior work um, and had a lot of 
fun in that industry um, and learned a lot. And then I moved overseas when I was 22 um, and I spent five years in, in Sydney and two years in London. And then it wasn't until I was about 25 when I sort of thought, right, you know, I've learned a lot but I, I actually need to get serious about my career. So that's when I started my study. Uh-huh. So I did a postgrad in HR at Auckland University. Um, I moved home um, after seven years overseas and um, I'd sort of started my HR career back in Sydney. Um, and then when I got back to New Zealand, specialised in the recruitment area um, and reward and recognition. I did a few roles in those sort of areas. But that was never a long-term plan. It was great at the time. Um, but that led to me sort of having a more holistic sort of HR career and then and then the internal comm side came into it um, you, in about 2012. Yeah. Did you find that having that time to go, and this, I've, I've often looked at this because I'm, I'm very similar to you, is, a, is a, I wanted to go out and do and then went back and did the study and I know a lot of people make those those choices do you think it helped you to go and get that experience and kind of work out what it is that you wanted to do before you went back and did the study it was right for me um and you know my family life when I was a teenager you know we weren't sort of encouraged to be an academic or to think sort of beyond my 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 family very much hands-on working type people so um I sort of didn't know any different but I knew I wanted to do something rewarding and fulfilling and challenging I'm very much like being out my comfort zone so once I'd sort of done the travel thing um then you know the career thing sort of naturally was a next step for me so it worked for me um just with my personality very very similar yeah I think I think we both have very similar personalities in in that way but it's really interesting when I I look at it look at it today and I do a lot of the the recruitment of of people into comms roles is the the study seems to have been the first and then they're doing something completely different so we're getting people from all all different um backgrounds in studying mm. that are, are coming into the role so it's almost like they did the study and then discovered what it is they want to do which is and I don't think there's a right or wrong but it's really fascinating to see how people go at what stage in my career do I do that study um, it doesn't naturally have to be I've done high school go into university finish the degree go into work and that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life yeah and I think it's it's great to be able to show there's different paths you know, like the travel was right for me at that point in my life and it was so rewarding and I still look back on it fondly now, you know, the travel I did at such a young age. Um, so, you know, different paths, right, for different people. It doesn't have to be just one one way. Absolutely. So your earlier jobs, so you, you went on to to do, well, uh, did, I, did I see you did uh, some uh, reward recognition work and was that one of your first jobs? Yeah, I've always been lucky to work with fascinating people. So um, Naomi Simpson, who runs uh, Red Balloon Days in Australia. So we just had a, we crossed paths and I was moving back to New Zealand and she wanted to set up the business in New Zealand um, with corporate organisations around rewarding recognition programs. So I worked with her. She's, um, I think she's on the programme in Australia. Is it Sharks? Yes. 
Yeah, yes, um, uh, yes. Like Dragon's Den, but the Australian version. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so she was a fascinating person to learn off. Um, and that was working with corporate organisations on, on on reward and recognition and using using experiences rather than monetary rewards. And so I worked with um, Ernst & Young and quite a few large organisations here in New Zealand. Um, and then I moved on to recruitment yeah. following that um, and had some time in agency world doing recruitment. How did the agency world go? Was that, that was a big, big change for you? Again, great people. Like yeah. I think... I've learned so much out of each chapter I've had in my career and I'm still in touch with people, um, even from my first role as an HR officer in the legal industry in Sydney, I'm still in touch with those people. Um, so I've learned so much in, in the different segments of my career. Yeah. yeah from different people you know, there's, there's learnings you get along along the way that you you kind of go you know every every job you do gives you this unique piece of learning that you take with you it's it's like uh it is actually like traveling the world you'd, you'd start out with you know a bag that's relatively full but by the time you get halfway around it's really full you probably had to buy mm. a second bag of all this stuff that you're you're bringing along with you and i think your career is often like that yeah yeah absolutely so what are, what are some of the, the, the best learnings that you've got in, in the jobs in your career? And, and it could be any of the, the ones, but what were some of the biggest lessons that you learnt from those roles? I think it's an age and stage thing as well, isn't it? Because in, in my role at Auckland Transport, um, I've got some junior people in, in my team and it's, you know, they're at the beginning of their career and it's it's sort of reflecting back on what I was like at that point. Um, and I think it's age and stage, isn't it? You learn so much. Um, I think that perfection is unachievable. Um, you know, I think sometimes we can be so hard on ourselves to be, you know, perfect in everything we do. But I find that when you sort of let your guard down and, you know, still strive to do a great job, but be really honest about learnings and where your gaps are and seek connections to learn more and more every day, that's that's probably been my biggest learning in my whole career. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a amazing. So, so tell me, when I, I don't want to compare organisations, what's, what's one of the best jobs you've ever done? I have to say... Um, the one that sticks with me the most is Fisher and Paykel's 50-year anniversary. So um, we went all out um, and we did a two-day world fair, which was an event to celebrate, and that's kind of where the idea started was an event celebration. Um, but what eventuated, which we weren't really, really expecting, was the connection and camaraderie that that event brought about so part of the event was culture um, performances and a talent show so these culture performances brought to the fore the amazing people that we had in the business that you know on a day-to-day -day basis you just don't see that all the cultures that came together and the silos that were broken down and the effort that people went to to show where they were from was just extraordinary um, and it was something that I'll never, ever forget um, and it's something that, you you know, you don't plan for. This, this sort of just was something that came out of it that we weren't expecting. 
Um, and it's changed the culture at F&P. Um, it really did. Yeah, that that is quite amazing. And this you you tapped on a, a very key word there. It's about the experience. So the the things that people remember is the experiences that they have at work. Um, and obviously that was a, a memorable experience for you, not just being part of and organizing, but the the you know what happened in the event and, and how people, you know, came together and shared and and did all of those things. You're you're very key of working in the experience space. And that's, you know, something that you, you're very passionate about. Where do you think we're going as a profession when it comes to, to employee experience connection? You know, what's, what's some of the, the journey that we may be taking over the, the, next, uh, the next while uh, or our, our evolution? So... Um... I did a lot of soul searching on this and what triggered that was the way that my team was perceived in the business being sort of labelled as the internal comms team. It's It was so much narrower than what the work we would, were doing and that's not to say internal comms isn't important, but I wonder if there is a repositioning opportunity with it's the comms as a part of it, but actually what comms contributes to is much bigger than that and it's about this holistic experience that we have at work I mean my team who are fantastic at F&P you know they helped shape those experiences it was about the conversations the problem identification how we truly connect people to the experience at work and then you know like I say the communication was part of that but the the work they were doing was way beyond just the communication. Um, and, you know, there's so much activity that goes on in businesses, isn't there? Yeah. And I think we really need to sort of crystallise. You know, we spend so much time at work. You know, what are those moments that matter? Um, and how can we influence that? It's not just about pushing out information and getting people to do things. It's about there's such an opportunity to create such an amazing experience at work. And I know some people are doing it successfully, but I really think there's more to be done there and more to discover. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. And it's a, that whole experiences or, or moments that matter, I think is the, is the crux of all this because people remember how they're treated, um, not, not what people say, it's how they're treated. Um, and we know that with, with organisations and turnover within organisations and, and how people react to an organisation that doesn't connect with them. Um, they, they generally don't stay too long um, or they're not motivated and therefore delivering within the, the, the workplace. Before we, before we close, I'd love to get some top tips for uh, certainly for the young professionals that are listening uh, as to what are some of the things that you would advise them to do to really, you know, create uh, opportunities in their career to make it a, a fulfilling career? Well, this is, yeah, like I say, I've got some junior people in my team at the moment. And, and what I'm sort of learning with them all over again is, you know, often when you're early on in your career, you relied on to execute things. Um, but that's, there's so much more to offer than just execution. So um, it's being reflective. It's taking the time to think about things properly. Do your planning. Um, 
feel that you've got something to offer. So if you're thinking about things in a meeting, just say them because I've seen such great things come out of people even that are, you know, quite early on in their career. Um, I think having the right leader is important so you feel comfortable to do that. Um, but don't think that it's too early to start with yeah. that with that strategic thinking. I think that's a really, really good piece of advice. It's, it's, it is about that talk, talk up early and 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 share your ideas um and i have to say it might and it might just be me louise i get to get to a stage where because i've been around for a long time and you 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 you, you've got all the ideas that you you've gained along the way but there's always something new and having that fresh new way of looking at it because you do become more distant to the the now audience the now stakeholders um, as new generations are coming through and I, I never pretend that I understand the next generation more than that next generation understands themselves and I think sometimes I've noticed that people early on in their career are a little bit hard on themselves thinking they have so much to develop still but we all have development areas, no matter how long we've been working for. And that that's not a bad thing. It's actually good to have development areas. Um, and to be honest about where you where, what you're good at and what you're not so good at. And again, that doesn't that doesn't just go away once you've had 20 years experience. There's, you know, you're always gonna have things that you're stronger at over others. So it's getting comfortable with that and being okay that you're not great at everything, um, but being really clear on what you want to get better at because you can hone skills that you're not necessarily naturally talented in. Yeah. Well, there's some great sharings, Louise, and thank you very much. I can't believe we're already out of time. <laughs> <laughs> I know. we could. You and I could chat forever, couldn't we? <laughs> we could. Yeah. Get, get us on a roll and we're just going to keep going, right? <laughs> but that's... That just says to me that we're probably going to have to catch up again, you know, in the future and go, let's let's get onto a topic maybe and explore it and, and, and unpack it a little bit more because I, I know you and I could. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. so look, thank you, Louise, for joining me today. And uh, uh, best of luck in your new role. Thank you. And, yeah, great to catch up. And I hope um, you mentioned you came out of lockdown this morning. So um, let's... Hope that continues for you guys over there. Thank you so much. And I know that I'm, I've already booked into a restaurant. I mean, this is Melbourne through and through as you, you miss your restaurants when you're in lockdown. So Absolutely. <laughs> so thanks again, Louise. And thanks, everyone, for joining us today in A View from the Top. Stay tuned and listen in for our next episode for, from A View from the Top coming up very shortly. Bye.